You're listening to Listen More with Paige Crystal Wilcox. This is a podcast where I listen to people from around the world offer their opinions, insights, and reflections on character depictions of characters similar to themselves. Something that I do on this podcast as a sign of respect is to allow each guest to introduce themselves in the way that they see fit. This allows them to take on any labels that they are happy with and also to take back their own story. Could you please introduce yourself to our audience? Hi, Paige. Uh, It's such an honor and a privilege to be here. And at the moment, I am in very frigidly cold Canada. My name is Sergio Navarretta. I'm a film director, producer, artist, creator. I was born in Canada. My heritage or my parents are Italian. They were born in Italy and uh, all my family is still there. So uh, I'm a new, I guess, a new immigrant, first generation Canadian. So that brings with it a whole bunch of interesting things. So I I think this podcast kind of touches and, and you know, shines a light on some of those topics and issues. So I'm excited to be here to discuss some of that with you. I'm very excited to have your perspective, especially as someone who also represents characters in film. Growing up, were there particular characters that you would look up to or did you see yourself reflected and did it feel accurate? When I was very young, I was what one would consider sensitive and definitely on the creative side. Uh, So I wasn't that, I didn't fit the archetype of the jock or the, that, typical male that's often represented in in media. And for that, because of that, uh, I was bullied a lot. So I was beat up repeatedly, you know, almost every day going to school for a period of time. And for a long time, I thought there was something wrong with me, you know, because I was sensitive and uh, I was in touch with my feelings. And and I expressed that through music and theater and the arts. Uh, But whenever I'd be, you know, in, in social settings or in the schoolyard, you know, there were people that were a lot more, you know, we'll call it tougher than me. And what what's interesting is that as I grew physically and I started working out and finding ways to protect myself, I would walk into a room and immediately I would be labeled, you know, and, and or somebody would say, oh, you're Italian. Does your dad work in construction? And I never associated or related to that, those labels, because you know, my dad worked a professional white collar job and, you know, traveled a lot for work. And so I didn't come out of that, the first or second wave of immigration in Canada, where oftentimes immigrants were put in these positions where they had to do these hard labor jobs. Uh, that wasn't the case for us. So, so I didn't relate to that. Now as a creator, as a filmmaker, I'm constantly being asked if I'm interested in doing mob movies and movies that further those stereotypes and I just you know first of all I can't relate to it and second of all I just don't see the the point of it now full disclosure there there is a project that we're looking at and we've optioned the book but it's it's from a female perspective so it turns that whole genre upside down so that I'm interested in and so yeah I mean it's uh that's a, a long way of saying that I I I felt like I was a misfit I felt like you know, having debilitating anxiety and all these things, there was something wrong with me. And then I learned later on that there was nothing wrong with me. Uh, I just had to learn 
the practice of accept self-acceptance and self-love and and some of those traits became my superpower my gift you know in film the way it was reflected to me was that you as a director you need to be a dictator and throw chairs and and be a tyrant and um you know i just didn't know how to be that so so for a long time i, I had a hard time finding myself in 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 this in this art form and then finally i i found other people that were like me and and that made it okay so i could i could function and play in this sandbox and be totally comfortable in my own skin so i hope that answers your question that was a beautiful answer to the question i'm interested to know since you become an adult and you've worked in the industry do you feel that there's change and do you feel that we're heading in the right direction yes through so i truly believe through adversity and through challenge you know it's you know I, I use this adage this cliche that diamonds are made under pressure and we've certainly been put under a massive amount of pressure during this pandemic you know we've seen movements like black lives matter we've had serious conversations in canada around the indigenous uh challenges um you know it's about time i'm just like just like what why did it take so long to even have conversations um and you know just on the side of each artist each artist has the responsibility to do their homework you know if if you're going to take on represent or pretend a character or a scenario do the research you know whether you're portraying a martian dig in find out what martians eat what they think like how they walk how they behave and I I don't believe the slippery slope is you know there's a, a lot of conversation around cultural appropriation and you can't you cannot do this and you cannot say that and I just as artists we want to be free we don't want to be censored and I think if we're just intentional about it and responsible we can navigate those waters in a healthy way you know you're never going to make everybody happy but I'll give you a real life example in the Cuban we represent Afghan culture. I'm not Afghan. So, you know, how do we do that? We brought in consultants and people from that community and we sat around for 6 months and had dinners together on a regular basis and we talked about life and about the nuances of the culture, what's important to them, how they want to see their culture represented on film until I was comfortable. entering that space and and having actors playing basically playing themselves a lot of the actors were from that culture just you know the dinner scene was an authentic dinner scene you know catered by an afghan chef and they're eating real afghan food and talking about the things that are important to them i think that's the way to do it being open minded being fluid and flexible and curious with an open heart and I, i'm just lucky that i i grew up in a very multicultural community and my parents were very inclusive and open so that i think just naturally instilled in me a curiosity i you know when i step into an uber and i see somebody from a different part of the world i'm immediately curious about their story where where are they from what how are you know and now we're entering kind of like waters where it's not even appropriate to ask where you're from right so so that kind of takes some of the joy out of out of it but I think people sense your intentions and and you know we're going to make mistakes. We're going to say the wrong thing, we're going to ask the wrong question, but ultimately 
I think living an authentic life is, is the way to go. I feel like we could go really deep into particularly things around appropriation. Do you have an opinion on how you find that line between appropriation and giving a voice or telling a story that is perhaps not very well heard? I think what's happening now is not healthy. It's it, like I said, it's a slippery slope. People are terrified. You can't make art when you're nervous. So I approach it with common sense. You know, that's how I do it. I, I don't know how other people do it, but I can't even imagine an actor now having to play exactly like it's like someone saying to me, you can only direct films, you know, that deal with Italian Canadian culture. It's like then there's no point in me even making films because I'd be bored to death just exploring things I already know. What's happening now in Canada with all these kind of like policies is that it's it's sense it's inadvertently whether it's deliberate or not it's censoring and what happens is that then you have a certain kind of film coming out that may not be the most authentic it's just going to be artists that are doing what they think is correct and checking boxes and I, I don't believe in that you know it's, I think in the 1970s we had an an explosion a, a revolution of a renaissance of cinema. We had so many strong voices emerging because they were nurtured and they were given the space and the freedom to do that. I don't have an answer, but I, I can tell you that I, I'm very curious and open to explore things that have nothing to do with the way I was brought up because I just feel like I want to shine a light on certain societal issues or whatever the case may be. And I think the responsible way to do that is to partner with people that understand it way better than you. Similar to, you know, if I was doing a film about an undercover cop, I would hire an undercover cop to be by my side at all times saying, you know, how, how would he draw a gun and how, how would he do this and how would he do that? I think it's just natural to want to do that anyways. The way I think we achieve a balance, whether it's gender or inclusion, is by mentoring. It's by offering children the opportunity to, to see that or to, to even dream that one day you can be an animator or you can see a superhero that's going to look exactly like you. It's, it's giving them hope and giving them opportunities and, and encouragement. That's the way you do it uh, through education and through mentorship. I like to walk the talk. So I've done as much as I, I could of that uh, in the last few years, just giving back and, and giving a leg up to you know, the next generation of artists and giving them the, the real support and encouragement that they're going to need because it's definitely a tough industry in any time, <laughs> whether it's whether it's 2022 or, you know, 1983. It's always been difficult. That's been a constant and universal. When it comes to approaching people to consult, how do you balance, I guess, curiosity versus being a tourist? Well, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a fine line, like everything uh, that we've discussed. I think the way that I would approach it is, uh, you know, I would meet with someone in that culture that understands the exact, you know, historical event or topic that I want to explore. And I would ask for their opinion. Do you think I'm the right person to direct this movie? Do you think, mm -hmm. you know, how do you feel about it? And I would have those open conversations and then I would gauge it. You know, I would use intuition and gut to kind of gauge the situation. And, and, you know, but when I did my first film looking for Angelina, I had the whole community behind me 
rallying and pushing me. And that, that helped me achieve the impossible, which was to do a period piece with no money, you know, in 14 days with horses, chickens and extras and whatever. It was, it was the, their energy and their tears and their passion and their fire that pushed me to make, to make that story. And it was their story. I was telling their story because it was a piece of, piece of true history. And it was a difficult one. So that's what gave me the confidence. And I would use that approach with anything that I do, really. You know, if I was making a movie about airline pilots, I would hang out with airline pilots all day long and find out how they think and what's important to them. And then I would make a decision on on how to shine a light on that. You certainly don't seem to back away from a challenge. (laughs) No, I don't. It's, uh, I'll say this too as well. And I'd love to get your opinion on it because I'm sure you have strong opinions around this, but even, even pronouns, even stating my gender and sexuality in a, in a, in an application for funding to me seems bizarre. I particularly don't like labels. I don't know. I, I just feel like my sexuality has nothing to do with my art. It probably is related, but it shouldn't be the deciding factor. And, and I find it sometimes discriminatory because it puts me in a box and I don't want to be put in a box. Just like my heritage. It's like, yeah, I, I carry this lineage and this this DNA and in, in my name and in, in the way that I look, but I don't want to be judged by it. I don't want people to say, oh, his films are like this because he's a, he's an Italian guy. I definitely do have have opinions on that. I mean, the, the whole idea of this podcast is not to be more of my opinion, but I can briefly say I also hate labels. As a woman who's been through a gender transition, people are often pressuring me to to put that on applications and different things and saying, oh, you know, use your diversity card. You know, I guess my, my feelings are quite, quite complex around it, but I do get put in a box as soon as I have to offer up that information. It actually becomes limiting. The rest of my identity, the rest of my experience becomes invalidated. And I hate that. I'm working on a love story at the moment, a novel. Characters who just happen to have these different identities, but they're they're just living their life. Their identity is actually not a plot point. Yeah, I love that. And and that's I think our children are hypersensitive to it much more than we ever were. Uh, we were sort of, I grew up in the 80s and there was a naivete, like we didn't know or care why Boy George was wearing makeup and dressing the way he did. We wore makeup and we also, you know, worked out in the gym and we also, like we did all these things without judgment and we didn't really have discussions about it. It just, we were expressing expressing ourselves. I remember the first time I got an earring, I got kicked out of school. I was 15. It's like, you know, so that's where we were. And where we are now is, I mean, I think we've made massive strides as a society for acceptance and just, we got to get to a place where we're just human, you know, we're on this planet, live and let live, you know, people want to express themselves, go for it. I don't think we should be imposing our own opinions on others, you know, like forcing people to have pronouns or this or that. I mean, whatever works for you, life is nuanced. What if tomorrow my sexuality changes do i go change the application and say oh i you know it's uh that's no longer the case uh in case you were wondering life has become so so complicated for no reason i think we have to get back to just basic humanity and loving and respecting each other as humans and maybe you know we need aliens to teach us that (laughs) 
for another back, podcast. Back to the Martians. I'm yeah, kind of wondering now out. if you've met a Martian. No, not yet. But um, it's just so ridiculous how all these, all this angst and all these problems exist on this tiny little dot in the universe, yeah. in the cosmos. And uh, one day we'll be faced with something outside of us and it'll give us perspective and it'll just allow us to reshift our focus and be like, you know, none of this is really important. Let's just focus on surviving and loving each other. There are people that are saying we're going through some kind of awakening, transition, it's become very divisive on one side and on the other side. And we have to all come together. We've had these issues before in society and there's gaslighting and certain narratives being spun and people getting really passionate about things. And it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying what's happening now, which is a complete breakdown. And people are just meeting in the middle and saying, regardless of what your medical status is, who cares? You know, like it's your business. Let's all come together. We've gone through it, no doubt, a tr very traumatic period. Kids probably suffered the most. And how are we going to move forward? You know, what, what is, how do we come out better? What do we learn? Because if we didn't learn anything, it's just history is going to keep repeating. So that's, that's my hope is that, you know, we've learned something. Me too. Are there any final words that you'd like to offer to the audience? who would like to do better at creating authentic characters? Yeah, it's, uh, it starts with knowing oneself. I think, the, the, you know, this is one thing I learned during the pandemic is that we're so hyper-focused on the outer journey and we really have to start looking inwards, you know, whether it's through meditation, through mm. prayer, or just sheer reflection. Once we know ourselves and we connect to that bigger part of ourselves, whether it's spirit, soul, whatever you want to call it, we feel empowered to make better decisions. And when we're coming from a place of love, I know it sounds cliche, but it's so true. When you come from an authentic place, those decisions become easier. And when you portray people with respect, the authenticity is felt by the audience anyways. There's no compromise in doing the homework and being responsible in the way that you portray characters in movies and television. It's the right thing to do. And it's super refreshing that my nine-year-old son can watch TV and see diversity and all kinds of things represented on screen so that he has a balanced view, a worldview. And, and that's, I think that's amazing. So I'm, I'm very optimistic for the future. You've been listening to Listen More with Paige Crystal Wilcox. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on this podcast, head to my website, pagecrystalwilcox.com. And don't forget to subscribe and share.